Eleanor, do you remember a brief moment in history when we, the gruesome twosome, were actually the gruesome trio, and our fearless sound engineer, Jonathan, joined the show as our third? I would literally never remember that. Louie, you wound me. I feel like (laughs) neither of us would never clear gruesome trio. And also, I have no Mm. idea what you're talking about because that would never happen. What? How could you not remember? He kept talking about partying and he was stealing all your lines. You don't remember? We had to lock him out of the studio. It was like a whole thing. We called security. Literally, nobody would ever steal my lines. Louie, I I feel like, are you? Is this like, wait. Is this a high-concept way for you to talk about Mandela Effect? Are we circling back to Mandela Effect? Is that what's going on here? No, I swear this really happened. One day we had a Jonathan and there were three of us. And then the next day we were gone. It was just the gruesome twosome. And I was like, well, this does have a nice ring to it. But yeah, I was. it happened. I know you're not insane. Hear me out. I think I might know what's going on here. Maybe the reason I don't remember this happening is because our writer for the show wrote him out and forgot to make you forget about him. This actually happens a lot in TV and movies and podcasts. I personally found out about it on a rabbit hole I went down on the website TV Tropes. It's called the Chuck Cunningham Syndrome. Oh, wait, I know about this. That's a thing where fictional characters in a show just kind of disappear without explanation, and everybody in the universe pretends that they never existed, right? Maybe we should talk about that today. And maybe I should also discuss with my therapist how I found out that I'm a fictional character and somebody is writing my life like a TV show. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, I think, your friendly neighborhood true believer. And thank God they haven't written me off. I'm a main character of this show. And I am Eleanor. Honestly, if I were a fictional character, if you told me today at this point, I don't even know if it would rattle me. <laughs> I might find it to be a comfort. I already <laughs> wear the same outfit literally every day. Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, the only hosts of this show and the only ones who have literally ever hosted Internet Urban Legends. Thank you so much. And this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might scare ourselves into staying up all night. But one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you guys along for the ride. This one is super fun. I, you know, was a media studies major in college, focused on art history, and I had never heard of this by name. I didn't know that this is something that happened all the time. I'm excited to talk about Chuckles, Chuckles Cunningham. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So if you're at home and you're like, what is Chuckle Cunningham? What is Chuck Cunningham syndrome? So listen, usually if writers on a TV show want to remove a character, whether something happened with the actor or the character is just being cut or yada, 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 they will either kill that character off or write them off or both to explain their disappearance. But those who come down with a case of Chuck Cunningham syndrome simply disappear into limbo, never to be seen on the show again. More often than not, they're literally erased right out of the story's history, and everyone on the show will literally carry on as if that character never existed or had any impact on the story. Really think about this. Imagine your favorite show, and then suddenly, suddenly Daenerys Targaryen is just gone. She's just gone. So Chuck Cunningham syndrome as a name originates from tvtropes.com, which is like a wiki website that documents examples of plot conventions and devices more commonly known as tropes within virtually every creative work. Since its establishment in 2004, the site has shifted focus from covering only TV and film tropes to those in all media. So we're talking books, comics, anime, video games, radio, music, advertising, toys, and even some non-media subjects, such as history, geography, politics, and other real-life occurrences, people, and events. It's this really humongous website and maybe one of the most exhaustive non-research rabbit holes that you can fall into. But where did the name Chuck Cunningham syndrome actually come from? It comes from something that happened on the show Happy Days. I have to know, had you ever heard of Happy Days? I certainly have heard of it, but I've never watched it. Okay. I hadn't even heard of it, and I felt like really out of the know and out of touch with American (laughs) culture. So the main family on this show are named the Cunninghams. And I'm learning on this podcast that that's a really difficult last name for me to say. Oh my God, same. Right, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry to throw a pop quiz at you, Loie, specifically, but also at our listeners. <laughs> How many kids do you think the Cunningham family had? How many kids were in the family? Ooh, once again, as someone who didn't watch Happy Days, I'm going to go with the American standard. What is it, like two and a half? Let's two let's round half. to like... No, don't let's, even let's round. Let's round two. Don't even oh, round. Oh, okay, two and a half. Two and a half. Because you would be so right with two and a half. I think that's <gasps> potentially the most appropriate what? answer you could have come up with. So if you at home said two, you would technically be right. In the series finale, the dad, Howard, gives a speech about his, quote, two lovely children. But if you said three, you would also be right. Confused? Let's talk about Happy Days for a second. Now, like I said, I felt really out of touch because I had never even heard of Happy Days, but apparently it aired on ABC for 11 seasons from 1974 to 1984. I know, it was a big deal. By its third season, it was literally the number one show in America. Like, what? Okay. So even though it was filmed in the 70s, we talk about nostalgia a lot on this show, and Mm -hmm. uh, Happy Days was no exception. The show took place in the 50s and 60s, and it centered around this kid named Richie Cunningham, played by Ron Howard, as well as his family and his friends. So Richie's family consisted of his dad, Howard, his mom, Marion, his younger sister, Joni, and an older brother obsessed with basketball named Chuck Cunningham. Dun, dun, dun. So Chuck was not like a super multifaceted character. I honestly don't know if any 
characters in sitcoms at the time were like super complex. (laughs) But he was a stereotypical jock, right? He went to Jefferson High. He was almost always seen playing basketball. That was pretty much his defining characteristic. And he was never a part of any of the main storylines on Happy Days. He did share an upstairs room with Richie until he went away to college. And during one arc, Richie actually briefly stated his place where Chuck gets a second character trait, and that is that he loves to eat. He has a massive appetite. So from that point on, (laughs) you are literally always seeing Chuck either shooting baskets or eating. And that's pretty much all you get out of Chuck. That's his entire character. Like you said, I don't even necessarily know if like in sitcoms of this time, like characters were super well-rounded anyway, but this was literally it for Chuck, right? Like there was just like nothing else to his character. The show went on for a while like this. But then, something unexpected happened. The audience fell in love with a side character that wasn't part of the Cunningham family. And you may have heard his name. Even if you're unfamiliar with Happy Days, you might recognize this character. The character that audiences all over the nation fell in love with was by the name of Arthur Fonzarelli, aka Fonzie, aka the Fonz. You know the Fonz, his famous catchphrase was, "Hey." And that, that's all I know, actually. That's pretty much it. <laughs> However, listen, the Fonz was like everybody's fave. He's like a stereotypical seeming 1950s greaser who was always seen with his beloved motorcycle while wearing a leather jacket. Essentially, his whole character just gave off this essence of cool in contrast to his circle of friends who were not as cool as the Fonz. But unlike many greaser stereotypes of the time, the Fonz was this really good guy who basically just had his friends constantly coming to him for advice with major life decisions. He always seemed to have an answer for everything, and Richie in particular looked up to him. You know, like a big brother. And it was because of Fonzie filling this big brother role so effectively that he became one of the main characters on the show effectively replacing Chuck in what little role that he had left in the series. Behind the scenes, there were frustrations with the Chuck character, too. Over the course of just two seasons, Chuck was played by three different actors. Suddenly, this all makes sense. Like, up until now, you're like, oh, wow, a more interesting character just came along and replaced Chuck. They had three different people playing this character. Like, nobody would have recognized him. Who literally had no lines. Yeah. That's what's funnier, too. Why even bother keeping him around as long as they did, to be honest? Like, it's just a different man showing up to set, like, every single week. It's just, like, playing basketball and eating. Like, that's it. It's just a man. It's literally just a man. (laughs) Again, Chuck is played by three different actors over the course of literally just two seasons. And the third quitting basically led to show creator Gary Marshall just being like, no, we're getting rid of Chuck. I'm done. We're, We're finished. Chuck is gone. So in Chuck's final episode, he infamously ran upstairs to his room and literally never returned. You just never saw him again. It's like so ominous. The show just <laughs> never references it. He's just gone. Honestly, I love it. That's kind of slay. I really like this idea of like, because in my head, and again, I have no context of this, but in my head, Chuck has like a fistful of food, right? He has like a fistful of food in one hand mm-hmm. and a basketball in the other. Somebody says something that hurts him. I don't know why this is my head canon, but somebody says something. They're like, Chuck, you'll never make it as a star, as a basketball star. And he <laughs> literally sobbing runs up to his room and never leaves. He's just up there forever. Oh, you think he's just trapped up there, like like Tangled style? Yes, 100%. I think that Chuck is trapped. Chuck is forever trapped. 
To me, I feel like the family gained consciousness and they realized they were fictional mm. characters and they were like, well, you know, we don't even like Chuck and everybody loves the Fonz. <laughs> have you ever seen, I feel like I've made you watch this as a fellow gay, but have you ever seen the <laughs> Genghis Khan music video? Mike Snow music video. It's like a riff on yes. um, James Bond. Yes. And it's like, okay, so like the villain is in love with James Bond, but James Bond, or I guess the villain, has like a family with like a wife, you know, and like kids. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's unsatisfied with his life. He wishes he was with James. And at the end of the music video, James completely replaces the wife. And he's like, he, you see the exact same scene where he's sitting there eating dinner with like the villain's kids and you know they're all like a big happy family and you're like was the wife literally like displaced did she evaporate and the twist at the end of the video is that she's like out to get them again you know like she knows she's been replaced but that's what i think happened mm-hmm. to chuck long story very very short i think chuck is out there i think chuck knows what happened to him and i think chuck is plotting his revenge kill bill 2 style when you said that you thought Chuck was out there and you you took this brief pause, I want you to understand that like my heart dropped in the pit of my stomach. I was like, oh my God, Chuck is out there. <laughs> like a very <laughs> earnest fear kind of entered me momentarily. <laughs> I'm a little worried that Chuck Cunningham genuinely is out there lurking. Basically, we wanted to explain the origins of Chuck Cunningham syndrome as a whole. This was kind of like the first, not, I mean, I'm sure not like the very first time this had happened, but it was one of like the most infamous moments of this trope. And to this day, this name Chuck Cunningham lives on (laughs) through this TV trope. If you go through the Chuck Cunningham syndrome page on TV tropes, you will find literally hundreds of examples of this happening, not only in TV shows, but movie franchises, advertising, animation, and even video games. Up next, we'll be talking about another famous example of Chuck Cunningham syndrome from TV, as well as a few from other places you may recognize. Greed, revenge, lust. Murder investigations often pinpoint why someone has been killed but not necessarily who did the killing. Every Tuesday on Unsolved Murders, meet the victims, suspects, and investigators of the most notorious criminal cases in history. Part traumatic podcast, part old-time radio show, Unsolved Murders transports you to the scene of a crime, its ensuing investigation, and every attempt to solve the case. You'll soon discover that the murder isn't always the most shocking part of the story. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Unsolved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Okay, pop quiz for you, Ellie. When you hear the name Family Matters, what do you think of? I've never seen Family Matters. So I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I think it, it's literally just Urkel. It's literally all I know. 
That's so right. If you recognize the name of that show at all in 2022, there's probably only one familiar name that comes to mind. Steve Urkel. Urkel is a name so synonymous with book smart nerds that Urkel is still a shorthand insult. But Steve Urkel was actually the main character of the TV show Family Matters. Family Matters was an American television sitcom that ran on a few stations from 1989 until 1998. But Steve wasn't always the main character on this show. He wasn't even actually in the first episode, which is kind of crazy because he's such like a pop culture icon, it's weird to imagine that entire show not literally revolving around him. Originally, the series revolved around the Winslow family, a middle-class Black family living in Chicago, Illinois. There was Dad Carl, a beat cop for Chicago PD, Mom, Harriet, who was the director of security for a newspaper building, Eddie, the son, was the jock, Laura was the smart girl, there was Grandma Estelle, Aunt Rachel, and the youngest sister, Judy. So during her years on the show, Judy attended school and essentially just played the part of the precocious younger sibling character on the show. She looked up to her sister, Laura. Basically, that was her whole thing. And Judy was never a major character, so to speak, but she did have quite a few plot lines dedicated to her throughout the show. In one episode, she has to write a book report about Swiss Family Robinson after she doesn't read the book. In another, she ruins Harriet's dress and begs her dad to cover for her. So, stereotypical sitcom stuff. Mm -hmm. But partway through the first season, something happened that changed Judy's role forever. I dare say, snatched it right away. And that was the introduction of Steve Urkel. At first, Urkel was intended to be a one-time character in season one. He appeared in the season one episode, Laura's First Date and was shown having a massive crush on Laura Winslow, which eventually became, as we all know, one of his defining character traits. But something interesting happened after this episode. Prior to his introduction, the show was actually on the brink of cancellation because of bad ratings. And after Urkel was introduced, the show immediately saw a massive boost. TV viewers were obsessed with him. They could not get enough. I think this is kind of crazy. He was kind of like an original word-of-mouth meme almost, Mm -hmm. like ratings shot up right away to the point where several scripts even had to be rewritten to center around Urkel and involve Urkel. And by season two, he was a regular member of the cast. Like the show majorly pivoted to recenter everything on the magic that was Urkel. Isn't it so wild how literally public opinion or public approval or disapproval can just change an entire piece of media? And it happens so fast. In the era of Twitter, especially, where someone can just like tweet what they do and don't like about like a piece of media and it's probably changed within the hour, it's interesting to imagine this time frame too because the show producers, you know, they're putting out this show, they're introducing Urkel, and they probably had to wait until like those magazines, do you remember these, would come out. They were like TV guides and they would tell you like what shows were good, what episodes were good, and kind of like summaries of different things. So I have to imagine this was like really crazy information to receive. And by season three, Family Matters was considered a massive hit, an absolute must-see TV show. And eventually, it became the third longest-running TV show featuring a predominantly Black cast, behind only The Jeffersons and Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Now, unfortunately for Judy, 
the character Judy. Remember how we talked about her for two seconds and then immediately started talking about Urkel? Uh, yeah, the whole country was doing that. So the producers began to think that maybe the Judy character was unnecessary. Over time, this little sister character became more of a background character with very few lines. And then she mysteriously disappeared after the season four episode, Mama's Wedding, where she is last seen walking down the aisle as the flower girl. And in the rest of the series, the cast of the show basically acted as if she never existed at all. Harriet and Carl even say, like on multiple occasions, that they only had two kids, Eddie and Laura. William Bickley, the show's creator and a writer on the show, admitted later that Judy's character was cut due to a budget consideration. Rumors have spread over the years that this budget consideration was actually actress Jamie Foxworth, who played Judy, asking for a raise and instead getting fired, which is kind of like insane. It's never really been confirmed, but if that's like the way it went, that sucks. No, for real. Like that's truly terrible i guess it's something we'll never really know but i am Mm -hmm. curious kind of how often same this happens it seems like chuck cunningham syndrome most of the time comes as a result of potentially a more popular character coming around so chuck cunningham syndrome does not only affect characters on tv shows we actually see this pop up in other media specifically video games as well This is probably my favorite example of this entire trope. I think it's so interesting. Okay, so the earliest example of chuckle syndrome in a video game can probably (laughs) be seen in the original Donkey Kong. Now, if you don't know, the character Donkey Kong has been around forever. And by forever, I mean the 1980s, which was literally (laughs) a different lifetime. It was pre-me. And it was pre-you. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, that falls into the category of forever. So his first game was this groundbreaking 1980s platformer from Nintendo. It introduced Donkey Kong. It introduced Mario, as in like literally the Mario, like Mario, like Chris Pratt, Mario, you know. It was also groundbreaking in that it was the first game where you could jump. It wasn't the first platformer, but it was the first game to feature like actual jumping, which now sounds almost unbelievable, but we can attribute that back to the monkey. Now, the storyline of the original Donkey Kong, like, you know, the OG arcade game before he was running around with Diddy Kong and, like, driving banana cars and things like that, centers around Mario, who in-game is referred to as Jumpman, saving his girlfriend Pauline from Donkey Kong. This is an obvious reference to King Kong when he, like, climbs up the building, you know, with, like, the with the lady all right so donkey kong is basically like he is out here trying to end crisp rat's life all right he is trying to destroy mario with the swiftness and you playing jump man playing mario are jumping over like barrels or smashing them or whatever now the game was a huge hit it obviously spawned the mario franchise beginning with the game super mario bros now if you're familiar with mario super mario bros you know that the name of the game is always to save Mario's girlfriend. And Mario's girlfriend, as you may know, is not named Pauline. Mm -hmm. She's named Princess Peach. So, like, what happened to Pauline? Where did she go? So you may be at home asking, well, what happened to Pauline? What happened to her and Mario? Like, are they good? Like, are they still friendly? Whatever. Well, it turns out that Pauline reappeared in a sequel called Donkey Kong 94, 
only to then disappear for another decade. I just like the thing that Pauline's like really booked and busy. You know what I mean? She's just like taken off to like go like jet set and no, she is. She literally is. We're about to learn. It's such an iconic outcome for our girl. She it really literally is. is just booked and busy. So Pauline disappears for another decade after Donkey Kong 94 until Mario versus Donkey Kong 2, in which Pauline's relationship status to Mario was demoted from girlfriend to friend. Ah, oh my God. Oh man, I knew that they had broken up. I knew that Mario was seeing other people, but damn, it doesn't hurt any less. It's okay. She's in her girl boss era. It's really fine. She is. She is. Pauline is super slay. And she did make a few minor appearances over the years. But for the most part, Pauline was one of the most famous examples of a seemingly major, like massive character in a video game disappearing, just like our boy Chuckles. That is, until 2017, when Pauline was finally cured of Chuck Cunningham syndrome. This is the year that the video game Super Mario Odyssey was released. One of your favorite games, right, Al? You love Super Mario Odyssey. No, literally. Outside of Pokemon and the nostalgia that that brings, it is my favorite game of all time. I love it so much. I love it so much. We've played it in like little bits and pieces, but for the most part, I just like to watch you play it because it's so fun. <laughs> In 2017, when Super Mario Odyssey was released, it's revealed that Pauline was actually, the whole time, back in the very city where her original kidnapping took place in the OG Donkey Kong game. And Pauline became the mayor. She was literally girl bossing, mm -hmm, girl bossing, mm -hmm. slaying. Out here looking like Carmen Sandiego. Do you think <laughs> she has like forgiven Donkey Kong? Because I feel like Donkey Kong is like pretty firmly in hero mm. territory now, right? He's like the Bowser foil, but like yeah. he caused her some legitimate trauma. <laughs> like, he literally kidnapped her. Are we to forgive and forget? I guess so, based on this game. But I don't know. I'm, I'm side-eyeing. I'm also side-eyeing, but I think Pauline is really strong. I think that Pauline is just, like, this really incredible force to be reckoned with. And I think that she is kind of of the mindset that, like, that made her who she is today. And now she's this incredible mayor of New Donk City. Is Donkey Kong Chuck Bass? <gasps> Can we forgive him for his past sins? I don't know. When you put it like that, the answer is no. It's a hard no. It's a hard no. I'm, I'm so saying. sorry. I'm saying. Mm, oh, Much crap. to consider. Much to consider. I'm a Team Bowser girl. Yeah. For reasons I will not disclose on this podcast. <laughs> I already know what the reasons are, and I agree with you occasionally. You, me, and my fanfiction account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple interesting tags on AO3 for me, so... Pauline since then has continued to make other significant appearances in the Mario franchise, such as becoming an outright playable character in Mario Tennis Aces and making a cameo in the new Donk City stage of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Here at the end of the episode, I feel like we've learned about so many examples of Chuck Cunningham syndrome. It honestly doesn't even sound like a real word anymore. Chuck Cunningham, Chuck Cunningham. Nope. How many would could have what Chuck Chuck? <laughs> he literally would show up in the mirror if you said his name three times with a basketball and a fistful of food. <laughs> you know how I feel about IUL, and you know that I always feel like we have to solve a big old mystery by the end of the episodes. But I feel like kind of the answer to why Chuck Cunningham syndrome is so prevalent is really obvious, and that is money. Money, money, money. Yeah, I have to agree. Mm -hmm. Gotta agree, gotta agree. 
sometimes as a show or a movie series or like a piece of media video games just as they naturally go on you find better fits and it makes sense why some characters are written out entirely the startling thing is when there's literally no example or no explanation like given as to where the characters have gone i wonder like would this would this fly today like if they just wrote somebody out of stranger things like would they could they could they i don't know i don't know i can't think of any like really really recent examples of chuck cunningham syndrome and i was going to ask the question like could it ever be a good thing like for every piece of media where it has occurred whoever wrote out the character or like in whatever way they were replaced of course everyone thinks it's a good thing like it's always because of ratings or because something else just makes more sense i don't think it's ever necessarily a bad thing unless there's like i don't know an actor quits and you just have to write them out of the show and i do have one quick question at the end of this episode one more pop quiz has chuck cunningham syndrome ever happened on iul Mm, not in iul but yes in my life have people been written out have they have they if you existed no you didn't tid oh my god oh my god t literally t however internet urban legends has been and forever will be simply your co-hosts loey and eleanor and no one else producer jonathan no one else ever never Have you guys ever experienced Chuck Cunningham syndrome? Was it for the best or did it completely rock your world? Let us know all over social media by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, as it always has been and as it always will be. And we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loweybug and at Snitchery, if we even still exist by then. And support our show by following <laughs> at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Jed Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loey Lane and Eleanor Barnes, aka The Gruesome Twosome. Lack of evidence, poor police work, clever criminals. Whatever the reason, some murders remain unsolved. Every Tuesday, Unsolved Murders explores the facts of a real-life cold case. Part dramatic podcast, part old-time radio show. Join the ensemble cast of actors as they take you on an exhilarating journey through the crime scene and its ensuing investigation. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Unsolved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify.